Hey, what up? It's the Unpopular Populist. You can find me on Instagram at Left Populist and also on Twitter at Left Populist. My Facebook page is the name of the podcast at the Unpopular Populist. And don't forget to rate and subscribe and, of course, tell your friends about this podcast. So I know a lot of you are currently in school right now, and there's some of us that are getting ready to walk across that stage in May or June. Congratulations to you guys. And then there's also people like me that have been out in the workforce for a while, but graduated uh, years ago. So um, congratulations to you guys, too, for uh, for walking across that stage. And this is great because when you have an educated workforce, you have a stimulated economy and citizens are more involved in the political process. And this makes the argument that education shouldn't necessarily be looked at as a cost, but it should be looked at as a public good. But the philosophy of the U.S. is a little different from other countries. And I'm just going to use my story as an example. And I actually talked about it in the first episode of this podcast. But in late 2011, uh, there was a Republican-controlled Congress and they decided to cut Pell Grants. And this is a grant for low-income students that give you up to $5,500 a year to you know, cover tuition, cover books, and things like that. And this Pell Grant cut directly affected about 100,000 students all over the country. And I was one of them. And, of course the uh, the the pot started to boil in me and this what made me get involved in politics and to this day congress continues to cut funding towards education so in part four of my 10-part series i wanted to discuss the rising cost of college how standardized testing destroyed a generation and what we can do to make education better for the future <laughs> So I graduated from Chico State in 2014. Uh, shout out to my Wildcats. And like many in my generation, I had to take out student loans to pay for it, especially when my Pell Grants got cut, because how else are you going to pay for school when your federal aid gets cut? And this just lets you know that the debt crisis is worse than you think. I mean, check out this article from Market Watch. It says America's student loan debt grows $2,726 every second. Yo, that is crazy. All right, let's go into the article. The outstanding balance of the nation's student loans is growing by an estimated $2,726 every second, according to Start Class, an education data site. As policymakers and pundits debate ways to tackle Americans' $1.2 trillion in student loan debt, this student loan debt clock provides a window into the growing risk to the economy, as well as to student loan borrowers and their families. Now, about 40 million Americans are carrying some student loans, and about 70% of students graduate college with debt. And when I was actually doing research on this, there, that number is actually going to increase from $1.2 trillion to $2 trillion by 2022. Yo, that is next level stuff right there. Guys, when I talk about 
this amongst my friends, it's not uncommon to hear their student loan debt be in the six figure range. You know, I got a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I got a hundred and twenty. I got a hundred and thirty. And it wasn't always like this. I mean, take your parents, for example, they would work a summer job and then they would save up a couple hundred dollars and their tuition would be covered for the entire year. And you fast forward to now, the cost of an undergraduate education is now 12 times higher than it was 35 years ago. And just to put that in perspective, the cost of medical care, six times higher. Housing and food, three times higher. And this mountain of debt keeps people from doing things like, you know, starting a family, buying a home, and, and taking risks on starting a new business. And it also shows the growing problem of wealth inequality and social mobility. Um, those things like buying a home and starting a business, that would usually move you from low income to middle class to wealthy. And now, because of the debt crisis, people are holding off on those things. And as far as wealth inequality, this shows that wealthier families have a head start because they're able to graduate from college debt-free and don't have to worry about that student loan debt after they graduate. So now a place like Canada has the American dream more than America. I mean, they have a higher rate of people with degrees. They have a higher rate of home ownership than America and they have longer life expectancy. I mean, they they have lower tuition costs and they also provide health care to all their citizens. So the rag the riches story is happening less in the US and more in other countries like Canada, Norway, Sweden, and other European countries. And this is why a politician like Bernie Sanders wanted to make colleges and universities tuition free. And you'll always see him on television. We we gotta make colleges affordable so that Every American that has the ability can go. And if we can bail out Wall Street, Wall Street can bail out the American people. And he actually introduced a bill that would eliminate tuition costs at public colleges and universities where federal funding for education has been on a consistent decline. And they always ask him, how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to do this? Well, if we put a tax on Wall Street, Wall Street speculation, which would probably be like 0.5%, um, a very small amount, we can cover the cost of tuition at public colleges and universities. But we don't even have to do that. I don't know if you guys realize how much money we're spending on the military, but I talked about it in my previous podcast. And we just increased our military in one year by $80 billion. So we can definitely cover tuition at public colleges and universities. You know how much Germany pays? Zero. You know how much Denmark pays? Zero. Freaking Slovenia, they pay zero dollars. It's definitely possible to have an affordable education. We just have to fight for it. And we can't have people in Washington trying to sabotage it like they did with no child left behind. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember all those tests we had to take in high school. I mean, I graduated in 2010, so it's a little different now, but they had a way to grade the teachers. And this was a big provision in No Child Left Behind. And 
taking all these tests determine how much funding your school got. So administrations were always pushing students to do their best on the test and higher scores obviously helped the school get more money. And since it was so focused on scores, it put so too much stress on the students. It put stress on the teachers because they had the administration on their backs about how well um, their students performed on a certain test. And on top of that, uh, Stanford actually did a study and it had no effect on the achievement gap between racial and income groups. Now, it's changed a lot since I graduated high school, but now we have the Every Student Succeeds Act. And this is levels above the No Child Left Behind, but it includes, so it includes provisions from Democrats like accountability requirements for poor minority students, um, funding for pre-K programs, which is good. But it also leaves education in the hands of the states, which Republicans love. And this can include blocking granting for some federal programs. And this also involves teaching evolution in science class or absurd stuff like saying slaves were immigrants from Africa. So when people tell you, oh, we should just have private education and we just, just go to vouchers, one, that will definitely increase the achievement gap. And two, do you really think schools in Alabama and Mississippi are going to teach science and evolution? No, they're going to teach creationism. And there's this thing we have called separation of church and state. What we need to be doing is the exact opposite. Like giving our children critical thinking skills, you know, asking open-ended questions rather than automatically giving them the answers. We ask them, what ideas do you have? What do you think is happening here? We help develop curiosity, um, like asking them, what do you think will happen next? Or let's predict what we think will happen next. Um, we have to encourage them to think in new ways and what other ideas should we try? And let's think of all the possible solutions. You need to give teachers room to teach and build these pillars of curiosity, open-ended questions, and it will definitely help them out. We need to give them smaller classrooms. We need to obviously increase funding for public schools because a lot of these schools, they have outdated books, outdated um, um, underpaid teachers. So um, teachers definitely need to be paid more. Um, we need to have the government stop making a profit on these student loans. Um, we need to cut student loan interest rates a lot. Uh, we need to allow people in debt to refinance their student loan debt. I don't think it makes sense that, you know, you can get an auto loan today. I mean, my auto loan is probably like 2.3%, but my interest rate on my college tuition is like 6%, 7%. And this can put people in debt for decades. I mean, there's plenty of stories where people are actually losing their social security because they're not paying their student loans. So we need to definitely change that. And then... Of course, we need to increase financial aid and work-study programs. If you're going to school, you should be able to at least pay off some of that tuition or you should have the funding to you know, cover your tuition costs. Like I said, higher education isn't just an investment, but it's a public good as well. And this really isn't a pie-in-the-sky idea like a lot of people think. Compared to the rest of the world, that's not a far left idea to have tuition free college. 
this is the most centrist position you can probably take when it comes to world affairs. I'm pretty sure other countries look at Bernie and go, yeah, that makes sense. But <laughs> when you compare us to the rest of the world, we're behind in many things. I think we need to be number one in things that actually matter. For example, like healthcare and education and a living wage. I think it's very counterproductive that hundreds of thousands of bright young people can't afford to go to college and millions of others leave school with a mountain of debt that burdens them for a long time. And I don't think that should happen at all. So that is part four of my 10 part series. Part five will actually be on climate change and the environment. So be out on the lookout for that. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Left Populist and also on Instagram at Left Populist. And of course, the Facebook page is up and my website is live. So um, check out my blog as well. Um, this is Nate Page, a.k.a. The Unpopular Populist. I'm signing off until I talk to you guys again. Peace.